Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer on this Tuesday night. We have got an amazing show for you tonight. Um, brought to you by BS Free MD, a podcast on Spotify with Dr. two doctors. They're married, Tim and May Hinmarsh. And tonight what we're going to do is something a little different. Uh, we've been doing this with them before. They do their own podcasting, but they're inviting me on. So my audience, you can listen to the, a good 35 or 40 minutes of this, and then they continue this on over on Spotify or any of your favorite uh, channels out there. Uh, they'll continue the message and uh, to have a more in-depth conversation. But I'll tell you what, this blew me away. Uh, the woman you're about to hear from is an expert at marketing. Uh, she understands marketing from Big Pharma's standpoint. And this will scare you. It'll intrigue you. It will warn you. Um, but it, it also just think about the last few years and what we've gone through and then this topic and what's going on. Our other sponsor, Chris Dental Family Dentistry, uh, where everyone is welcome. They also have a denture center in there and a denturist on staff now. We'll have a little message in the middle uh, from Dr. Bratlin. And also New Leaf, <laughs> New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. Matt McCarr over there and the team. Uh, working to make you healthy through, oh, more natural means like oxygen, hyperbaric treatment, massage. They have light therapy and I love it all. So it's something different. In fact, this is who he is. So this is, uh, look, we put this together for him real fast. It's not a, not a, just a little blurb here. That's awesome. And they do great work. Once a month, we have a little interview with them and you'll hear more about what it is and the latest technology that's going on with them. So with that said, let's bring Tim and May on and we'll let them take the show that we pre-recorded the other day. And again, we'll have a message in a few minutes from Dr. Bratlin. And, but pay attention because you are going to be astounded at this topic. Hey, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of BS Free MD, where it's not always... BS free, but we try to keep it that way mostly with Tim and May Hindmarsh. And uh, if you were on our or listening to our podcast last month, we've started a new thing monthly where we join our friend Rick Dancer from Get Real with Rick Dancer. He hops on the podcast and is with us for the first little bit, and he gets to share some of this fun and talk on his show as well. So we have him joining us as well as our guest today, Martha Rosenberg. And um, a little teaser for what we're talking about, we're going to talk about direct-to-consumer advertising as well as... Um, well, direct-to-consumer pharma advertising, there you go. not potato chip advertising, <laughs> which was also <laughs> coincidentally direct-to-consumer. There you go. Um, so Martha's joining us. She is a, I believe, full-time writer for the Epic Times and has been covering uh, pharmaceutical advertising for a long time. It'll be fun to talk to her about how she got into that and we'll uncover all the dirty little secrets behind it. Now, we've done this before. Oh, I can't remember what episode. I'll look it up. Where we did an episode called Funny Farm and Tim and I had a Docktails with Cocktails episode and pretty much made fun of the ridiculousness on TV that we see and all the fine print underneath. But today, to get serious and get real, we have Rick Dancer from Get Real with Rick Dancer and Martha Rosenberg. So welcome to the show. It's so fun to do these. I love this. It's like my little, my doctor friends are here. And then I get to meet <laughs> Martha and, 
and talk about one of my favorite com- uh, conversations, big pharma. Exactly. And yes. it's and it's fun because you get to be the guest instead of the host, right, Rick? And I know I have no responsibility. Oh. I can make fun of you guys, and you can. Sh- the good thing for you is you can just shut me down too. We you can just pull me out. All of yep. a sudden, Rick's getting boring. Out he goes, cussing hey. like a sailor. Gets ejected. <laughs> Actually, you wouldn't get ejected from this show for that. But that you know, you That's, never know. I'm I'm the BS part of the free MD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, how long have you had your show? Our our show. Yeah, 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 we're right. we're going on three years. Yeah, this is our third. Oh, that's year. excellent, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So, how long you've had your show, Rick? Um, gosh, probably eight, seven or eight. Yeah. Um, before that. Oh my gosh, show. you guys are established. Yeah, a, so we've been around, and then I met them during COVID, uh, or what I like to call the oh. dark time. And yeah. uh, they would come on my show, and the first time I had them on, they pulled me. <laughs> YouTube shut down the show; they wouldn't let it go out. And I'm like, it was my first experience, and I'm like, thanks, Tim and May. And now I don't care. So now they just I put them out there, but they were my first expulsion and entry into Facebook jail. Thank you so much, Tim and May. Well, if you're gonna get banned or expelled, just it'll yeah. be it'll be because you're partying with us. What's that? I think I think I think we said the word vaccine or ivermectin or something. Yeah, it was a bad thing. It was a really it was, bad it was thing. some unbelievably terrible thing. Yeah. You know. So anyways, Martha, tell us a little bit about your history and how you worked in advertising and when you started to get the the light bulb coming on that this sort of pharma advertising stuff was not all that it appeared to be. Oh, I, I love to talk about this, Tim. So I live in Chicago. We have a lot of ad agencies and, and, and my background is um, a copywriter, creative director, ad agency is my background. And so I was working at a, a, a ad agency that just did pharmaceutical. Okay. And I was pretty naive at that point. This might be 20 years ago. And my instructions as a copywriter were, were to convince diet, people, people with diabetes to go from a, a pill to an injection. And I don't know much about, I, I'm no doctor, you know, but I asked my supervisor, why are we telling them this? And she said, oh, we make more money. And that was sort of like the light bulb went off on my uh, head at that point. The, um, that the profit motive is the only thing behind the drugs is, is the profit, whether it's appropriate for the patient, how it's packaged, all that stuff. And I could see that firsthand. Um, but what, what really radicalized me, Tim and May and, and Rick, was actually Vioxx. Because I asked, I was always a reporter, but I wasn't a pharma reporter. And I'm asking myself, how could so many people have been duped? You know, we, we know they hit some of the studies. But I think 50, if memory serves, I think 50,000 people had heart attacks. Yeah. So to, why don't we tell Rick and his audience and ours about, about Vioxx for those that Thank don't you. remember. Um, it was an anti-inflammatory drug similar to Celebrex um, that was proposed to be great, especially for orthopedic type pain. Um, that's most yeah, of what well, I... well, it's it's selling feature. It's selling feature was that it, you you could it was a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. So you could get arthritis treatment, et cetera, without the stomach ulcer issues Mm -hmm. that that, you know, aspirin and ibuprofen can cause. So it was so heavily marketed. I remember back in the early or be the late 90s, we would get, you know, these um, uh, medical 
education like it was education oh, yeah. like stuff we we're paying for Seriously. and they were saying like lunch and learn you know like oh, lunch oh. and learn and they were they were so they were so convinced that the cox 2 inhibitors, inhibitors. which were which, which were vioxx and celebrex and were going to be so yes. good that if you didn't prescribe them you would get sued for prescribing naproxen because you would be causing all of these ulcers when there was an other alternative and here Viox comes out and it didn't cause ulcers. It caused heart attacks and it killed like what 30 or 35,000 people before it was. Kidding? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was what? made, it, it was a Pfizer drug. It was one of the biggest, it was, it was until the uh, British petroleum spill in the Gulf of Mexico. It was oh, the my. single biggest criminal penalty ever paid for oh, by an American my gosh. company. Gosh, is that right? You know, I, was and I, think, I think most people don't. I didn't know that. I mean, who, you know, unless you were on the drug or had someone affected by that. And maybe we're paying more attention since COVID um, to, I hope to, so. things, to things like that. Well, you know, Rick, I, I maintain a list of all with, withdrawn drugs, okay? Because faith in, in the FDA um, is iffy, okay? And so, what, what so I those see two F words don't go together, faith and <laughs> FDA. <laughs> what, what I see happening a lot, and I'd like Tim and May to, to weigh in on this, is I see a lot of drugs pulled after they go off patent. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're sorry. You know, actually, our um, our drug cause, well, like statin might be one example. Okay, all the, men, the mental effects of the statin uh, were not revealed until it went off patent. Okay, so, so you know, you, you, you see that a lot, you know, the, well, the, with Vioxx or, or, or any of the popular drugs. They're not going to admit to anything. They'll say, they being um, drug makers, we didn't know our post-marketing surveillance didn't, but they do know. They do know. Yeah. So I'd like to back up to even, I'm thinking when we were in residency, where we did our training, we had um, a couple mentors and supervisors that really instilled in us, I think anyone that went through our program, and but I know it's not universal, but they're old school. And, and they said, so there's a new drug on the market. I mean, I'm thinking they grew up in the times of thalidomide because that's what stuck with them. But it's like, so it's a new drug. So they have these studies that aren't very long on their small amounts of people. The data is not really good. Don't jump on the bandwagon of a new drug until it's proven itself. And sometimes that's past the patent running out after five years. No, 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 no. no. Patents don't run out in five years in pharmaceuticals. They're 10 or 20 years. I think some of them initially did was five. I don't think so. I could, I'm probably wrong, but I remember both of us, even, you know, when more we trained, it was like, eh. so a new drug would come out. It was all the she, she fancy thing. The pharmaceutical reps would come around and everyone, you know, it's like, Oh, this is the new greatest thing. And we kind of were like, eh, let's wait and see. I, unless it was some life changing, you know, life saving experimental thing, or it was a new chemo drug and someone had no other option. We really didn't jump on the bandwagon of a lot of these new drugs because we were taught that way. Uh, I know that all the thalidomide story. I was almost a thalidomide baby. My mom opted out of it. She was presented with thalidomide to take for an, for an anti-nausea medication when she was pregnant with me. And so um, and I'm from Canada. A lot of people say, well, you can't. That's impossible. It wasn't in the U.S., but we're from Canada. And what, it was. Is that, what does that do to you, May? I don't know. Uh- Po- Pocomelia, so which sounds like a really cool uh, <laughs> punk band from 
from England, but uh, <laughs> po- Pocomelia or Focomelia is where you have basically no arms or no legs. That's the or little stumps, like little just like like legs like me. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, Tim and May, but it, it feels to me like some countries allowed it. I mean, we know that our Francis in, in FDA yeah. stopped it, but I think it, it, it was used elsewhere. It was big in Britain and Very big. Canada, uh, being uh, a, Canada being a Commonwealth country. I think some of it came over that way. So that kind of stuff st- stuck in our heads, I think, our mentors. But we so when we started practicing in family practice, we were kind of would sit back. Not that we would never try a new drug, but very cautiously because of these, you know, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen and what are the long-term effects going to be. So I remember a lot of these very vividly that got yanked off Vioxx being one of the well, Fen Fen. The beginning ones. Oh, Fen Fen for sure. Fen so, Fen for weight loss. They even took Darvon off recently. Mm-hmm. Darvon, for heaven's sake. How many people took that? And I mean, I don't have my list in front of me. Some of them, um, people wouldn't recognize them. But uh, there was one, uh, what, what was it, Trovan? It was an antibiotic mm-hmm. that we, we uh, felt it was okay to use it on little kids in Africa. Okay. And then they pulled it from the market altogether. There was a big lawsuit about that. So do they go out and, you know, they're so into advertising drugs and what they can do. I, I just, I was a reporter. I mean, I don't remember ever reporting or talking about drugs taken off the market. It's almost like you guys know, cause you're in the business, but I think for the general public, unless you were using those, you probably, we probably have no idea how many drugs that we used to hear commercials for or hear, you know, people talking about are no longer available. And it's like, I, we, we probably need to know that so that we start going, well, wait a minute, here's a hundred drugs. I'm guessing, you know, pulled off the market in three years and we keep hearing new ones going out there and we never, you know what I mean? You don't think right. that they're well, not safe. You can well, look it up. You can look up drugs recalled or discontinued due to adverse effects. Um, there's even uh, immunization. Why shouldn't that? Why shouldn't the drug companies have to tell if they push out there what they do, what they can allegedly do for me? If they pull them off the market, why don't they have to go out and tell people, "Hey, by the way, we made a big, huge honking mistake, and fifty thousand people died of heart attacks because of this drug." You may not want, you know. I mean, well, well, Rick, I mean, you've given us a perfect lead into advertising. It's because their their main revenue comes from drug makers. They're they're never going to say. 5,000 people died of a brain hemorrhage from, from a drug that we advertise. <laughs> They're never going right. to, that's their revenue. And, and, you know, that's why you're never going to get rid of uh, direct-to-consumer drug advertising because it not only works for pharma because they don't need reps anymore, more they've turned patients into reps, but the, the, the news media, that is absolutely their big, biggest revenue stream. Okay. Now, when we come back after this very short message, uh, this is the part that's going to, you'll start looking going, oh my gosh, how, how did we not see this? Okay, so watch. What is it about dentistry that just connected for you? Because I mean, it's, it's quite a jump from journalism <laughs> to, de- to yeah. being a doctor. I'm not the most social person in the world, like, like not like you. Um, but I do like interaction with people uh, and it's fun people being people's doctors. And I feel like I am a caring person. So I like figuring stuff out 
I can figure it out. I can diagnose a tooth almost better than anybody. I, I've had people come in. They've been to three other dentists. They can't figure out what's going on. And I can. I, I like that. It's like a, like being a, a detective. And you've also really centered your practice on buying American with your crowns and that kind. Of, I mean, that's, oh yeah, that's really important to you. Yeah, if I could, buy, if I could buy everything 100% American, I would. It's hard. Like I even told my reps, I've, I've repeated my reps several times. Like I don't want to buy stuff from China. I, I want to try to buy stuff in the United States. So my, my crowns are American. Uh, I even talked to the, the lab into making sure they buy all the products from America. Like we need. Oh, so they're, oh yeah, they're getting paid for that. So why would they take it? I mean, I hear them all the time on Spotify, Pandora, you know, and they target my age guys. It's all prostate cancer, rectal dysfunction, all that kind of stuff. They're hitting you with all these different things. So we did a show on what, well, when we did the direct to consumer advertising episode, I can't remember if we touched on it before making fun of commercials. Most people don't realize if you live in the U.S. that this is a phenomenon unique to the U.S. as well as um, New, Zealand. New Zealand. Nowhere else in the world can you advertise directly to the patient, like on television, in a magazine. The the government and regulatory bodies there have said no. It can they can talk to the physicians or the medical establishment, and they can make a decision what's right for their patient. But you can't just put it out there to the public and then they go, oh, I like the sounds of that drug. I'm going to go shopping for this drug via my doctor. But, but it, and, it, and it's so subliminal, Rick. I think Tim wants to show us something really unique do, do you wanna, for this clip I that we I think this found. is a perfect segue it's for so this subliminal, clip. Subliminal. Okay. I can't even say subliminal. You don't realize how often it is out there. Watch this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because they pay for that. The, the news comes to us from drug makers. Oh my God. And, and then you guys, you have to wonder why people didn't understand during the dark time when the, when the Pfizer vaccine was coming out and all the TV say nobody talked bad about it, did they? Look at this. <laughs> No, it's outrageous. And, and I want to remind all of you that uh, before the vaccines, Pfizer um, was guilty of Neurontin. There was a big gabapentin Neurontin settlement. They absorbed Wyeth and all the hormone settlements. I mean, they have a long uh, track record of uh, things like, like they now have. I mean, they have, uh, I mean, it's, it's really a rap sheet. They have a rap sheet. When did the when did it become legal for drug companies to advertise on television, magazines, radio, internet, so far? In, in nineteen ninety nine, uh, was beefing before that, I believe. A little oh, bit, but not. So not that was to, in print ads yeah, first. But the the TV yes, stuff was ninety nine. Stuff is correct. Okay, and so it, here's. Here, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but but it, the thing that's crazy about this is when I first saw this ad, this, and I want to give full disclosure, I got it off of Rumble. It's from the Canadian COVID Coalition. They are brilliant, brilliant, very brave people. Um, but you know, Pfizer isn't advertising a drug. Like they're they're just saying their company. Right. Why are they doing that? They're doing that because they own the narrative. They own the newsroom. That is entirely the case. It became obvious during COVID that that was the case. But when you see all this together, like that's 55 seconds of continuous news shows 
bought by a, a single drug entity. I mean, See, when I was, when I was in the, and that's paying their bills. When I was in the television industry, like we could hardly touch a car company. Like any of the car companies, those were our biggest advertisers. And if there was a story that went against a car, you know, yes, like a, yes. a, a local dealer or something, our sales room would be in there with their heads up your behinds, watching you and going, you know, because this was their bread and butter. And, and so I don't understand why people can't use common sense and some critical thinking skills and say to themselves, if these companies have bought and sold ABC, CNN, and all that, why am I not hearing any alternate information about the vaccine, the virus, the mask, and so on? To me, yeah. that's just pure ignorance. It, it's, it's, right. It, it's so obvious. Like, short anecdote for you. Um, I, I went out to West Virginia to interview some uh, veterans' families, veterans who had died after Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, this particular couple... Uh, was convinced that he had died of a heart attack from, um, am I allowed to mention a drug? You can mention whatever you want to, and you can use it with cuss words. We don't care. So okay, whatever so, whatever so, flavor you like. As long as they make us tingle. Yeah. Okay, so, so um, the, there was, um, the eight, they called them atypical antipsychotics, uh, which would be Abilify and Seroquel and Cyprex and Geodon. And this was Seroquel, okay? And it was made by AstraZeneca. And I went out there and I really interfaced with a lot of families whose loved ones had died, okay, on drug cocktails. And um, so anyway, this particular couple whose son had died of what they felt was, I think it was um, a, heart, a heart anomaly. They went all the way to Washington, D.C. They went to all the congressional offices. They're like, this drug is killing our troops. And finally, FDA adds in their label heart condition, and they never, ever advertise. Like, like Rick said, they're, they're not going to put on TV, oh, by the way, Seroquel now, you know, will, will you know, harm your heart. Oops. It was buried. They, they released stuff like that, um, like at midnight on a Sunday night or, or a Friday night, and it gets buried. You never hear the, the negative drug news. Are they, or they have uh, Biden do it, because then you can't understand what it means. <laughs> <laughs> So here's something to throw into this conversation because you brought up the politics. During the COVID thing, I was going through and I went on Orstar, which is a reporting, financial reporting thing for the state of Oregon. You have to, everything, you know, who, who gives money, who gives money to who. At least, I'm going to be just safe and say 90%, but I bet it's more, of every legislator in Oregon state legislature, Senate uh -huh. and House District, got at least a thousand bucks from Pfizer the governor got more, like triple that. Incoming governor got more, just about the same as she did. I mean, it is, and then you sit and look and say, you're demanding that I use this vaccine from these companies that are giving you money. People need to wake up and look at that and say, huh, could there possibly be a conflict of interest when you're getting money from the very company that we're shutting down the state for? Well, right. and I, I was going to say, Martha, I heard you what talk, when you were talking to Robert Yoho, if you don't mind elaborating on sure. um, how you know about the CDC has these um, oh. nonprofits that they oh, set yeah. up. Rick, this will blow your – this will uh, who Robert is too So because so, my yeah. audience probably doesn't know who this is. Th this okay. will blow your mind. Yeah, so um, we have a mutual friend that's been on our show. Dr. Uh, Robert Yoho. Three or four times, Dr. Robert Yoho. And, and he has a podcast on his Substack. Um, and 
Martha was on there and it was a, it's a spectacular episode. I'll but, but talk to us about how drug companies sure. buy off nonprofits. This yes. is delicious. What? Yes. Well, okay. So, so the CDC thing that, that uh, May is referring to, uh, I didn't even know this myself until fairly recently, but there's what, what they call a CDC foundation where many, many corporations just enrich them. Okay. And, and not just, drug makers, but also like Coca-Cola, okay, or let's say high fructose corn syrup, processed food people. And uh, the idea is that they, they give, they're giving all their money to CDC, and then, but through a nonprofit, okay, it's a nonprofit foundation. And, um, and I think the CDC's um, policies are reflected by that, a huge amount of money. When you look at the donors, uh, you don't even want to ever listen to the CDC again for that and of course we know fda um has very thin firewalls if any firewalls um i, I think you might have heard on my podcast with dr yoho um that our current director of fda has 51 financial links to drug drug makers 51 now why why does that happen you know right and, how, you know and like so so we all know how bad corn syrup is for i mean it's like you might as well just you know put yourself in a noose and so then you then it's no wonder that during the dark time nobody talked about how to get healthy and diet and and do do the things that could really help you right. save your life and instead we just promoted drugs and masks um per, like band-aids that that weren't going to help anything but now so if you follow the money it really always does lead to the truth doesn't it Martha? It, it, well it doesn't i believe that big food and big pharma are very much working together because as long as big food gets people fat, right? And then right. they've got the diabetes, the hypertension, they're not. And then here comes big pharma. Oh, we'll help you take this drug, you know? Yeah, no, it's cr But now what about all these foundations, right? Like, like what about the American Heart, uh, you know, oh, yes, association, yes. the American Di Diabetes Association, et cetera, American et cetera. Cancer American Cancer Society. Like these are all essentially owned by pharma companies, are they not? You're, no, you're absolutely right. I wrote about that recently for Epic Times. Um, and some of them, of course, you reach out for their comment. And some of them didn't even respond to our, our questions. Uh, one that, that always sticks in my mind is the American Heart Association has what they call heart check, um, like a, a permission, a, like a logo, a logo they'll put on a food. And, and the food maker will pay them for it. And then it's like, no. oh, this is heart. Yeah, this is yeah. heart healthy. And, and they're, they're like outrageous foods. Cheerios. Oh, yeah. I, I think like every I single think breakfast Cheerios. cereal should oh, a be. a bunch of breakfast like, cereals. None of them should exist, yeah. right? I mean, it literally. Not even any... Captain Crunch? No, not even Captain Crunch. <laughs> I thought it had peanut butter in it, so it was protein. Yeah, there you go. No. Didn't Rogan do a show on that where he, yeah. was, he found the ones that were supposed to be ranked the healthiest, and it was ridiculous. Frosted Flakes was ahead of... They, they literally did a South Park. They did a South Park <laughs> where, where they, uh, the FDA was trying to come up with a new... F the, like to, to promote the food pyramid. And the food pyramid literally is insane. It is upside down. Like it has all right. these grains and all these carbs on the bottom and then like never red meat and all this. Well, Cartman gets visited by Aunt Jemima in a dream <laughs> and Aunt Jemima tells him it's upside down, turn it upside down. So then he turns, he goes to the FDA and tells them that they need to invert the food pyramid. So then everyone starts eating like tons of meat and they get super healthy. <laughs> 
<laughs> like it was just genius. No, and and uh, the the Diabetes Association. I, I uh, know quite a few people who have the the condition, or their kids have the condition, and and they've said I didn't even say this, but they said why would this influential agency not be agitating for lower prices? That the, the, the right. insulin has become so prohibitively expensive. Wouldn't that be their job if they're actually advocating right. for their patients? You know, you right. would think well, but, that's but, what but, you. Your purpose would be. But insulin is a completely insane, like that is a completely insane, crazy, crazy market. Because if you use beef pork insulin, like the ancient stuff, essentially what Banting and Best pulled out of a slaughterhouse in 1920 in, you know, Ontario, it's very, very inexpensive. But what happened is they genetically engineered insulin. That was probably the the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s. It went on the market, I think, you know, about you know, 1992, 93, around when we graduated from medical school. So now you had to have human insulin that was genetically uh-huh. engineered. And then you had to have ultra long acting human insulin. And then you had to have ultra short acting human insulin. And they came up with these entire ways to treat type two diabetics who are metabolically distorted and almost, uni- and almost universally morbidly obese. Okay, so we started treating people that you could treat with a keto diet and a walk with thousands of dollars of insulin, like literally, you know, the price of insulin went from almost being free when you use the animal based insulins to the human genetic engineered insulins that were designer insulins, which we which became the standard of care for about the last 25 years. And the price exploded. Like, I think, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's orders of magnitude. Like, it's not like it was 10 times more expensive. It was like 20 or 30 or 40 it's, times more. It's expensive. just shameless. I did not know that, Tim. That's shameless. So, so you guys, how do my, like, viewers, how do people that aren't, I mean, you're doctors, and Martha, you're an expert in, in you know, research this kind of stuff. How does your average person... Um, you know, you counterbalance this. How did I, without, I mean, honestly, you guys, whenever I do a show with you, it kind of scares the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going, <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to go check my drug list, which I don't take very many. Um, good, but good. I go to the, I go, my drug of choice is called a GYM. And that's yes. where I go to get my right. adrenaline fix. Good, and, me too, me too. And, I run, I run a, a mile and a half every day. Good yeah. And, and no offense, Tim, but I am vegan. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's we, that, we don't. That would be a fun episode. We don't. We don't. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we make no judgment. We have interviewed yeah, exactly. carnivores. We have interviewed vegetarians. vegetarians we have. Vegans. We've Our had kids people. Are vegan. We've had people completely revolutionize, revolutionize their health from both sides. That's the fun part. The carnivore the side and the vegan yeah. side. So, so none of this is offensive. But, to but Martha, remember that that's why Tim is so full of bull. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, but but getting back, you ask a good question, Rick, about the. Tuning out the, now, my my partner, my other half, watches a lot of uh, sports, and they do have the drug ads on, on the sports. Well, everywhere there's an, on TV, and he seems to tune them out. But a lot of people do not tune them out. I, they offend me. I don't watch TV. Yeah. But um, what I was really intrigued with is the string of side effects that you've mentioned, Rick, about like brain bleeds, hair loss, um, esophageal cancer. Um, I always want to know why would that not unsell the drug? How could that possibly 
not right. unsell whatever they're saying. They've got the puppies, the rainbows, and they're yeah. telling you you'll lie, you know. <laughs> and, and it turns out, um, I don't know if anybody remembers, there used to be a book called Hidden Persuaders. And it was about liquor ads. And in the ice cubes, it was a print ad. They would have a skull. And for some odd reason, it sold the liquor. Okay, so I kind of was wondering, could these, these side effects perversely sell the drug? And I did some research and they do. And what happens is people get in a, a hypnotic state and they kind of like buy, it helps sell the drug. They, they've actually done research in it. Part of it is because if you, if you say um, pain at the injection site and then you say epilepsy uh, seizure, the, the, the first one will kind of um, temper the second side effect. So putting them together um, dilutes them. But also there's a hypnotic state they actually fall into that it somehow sells the drug. And, and they, oh my God. They, I know I was shocked that this was a study they did in, in England at, at a business school. I, I can send it to you, you guys. My wife, yeah, I would love that. My wife, because we were sitting there the other day and you hear, you know, here you can deal with this illness or you can have bloody diarrhea. Your lungs will fall out. Your eyeballs will sink to the back of your head. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And you think, and then people, she, she said to me and I said to her, you know, who would ever do it after that? And you're saying that's actually, so is it a certain mentality or is it trusting people or are there people like me who trust absolutely no one but God? Um, yeah, I, I mean, that. yeah, but is that what, is there, I, that would be an interesting thing to, to see is, is the, uh, the, you know, the, during COVID, I think they figured out really quickly, fear-based people, they're well, going to, they're going to jump right on this stuff because- yeah. If, if you guys read Epic Times, I, I did an article on this, so it, it's it, it's in there. But uh, there, the actual hypnotic state that this puts people into, I forget the name of it. It's not actually hypnotic. It's, it's a name for it. But um, it, it it sells the drug. And I couldn't. Wow. Now, the, the FDA has mandated <laughs> that you have to list list the things. but So they have to do it. But it doesn't unsell the drug. It actually helps. Sell, it, it, so, so then you wonder if the if the government if the drug companies went to the government and said we want to list these things because this is going to help. You know what I, That's no how I'm sorry. That's how my mind works. You know. I mean, you don't tell me that every man who listens to the Viagra commercial hears there's a possibility he can have a four hour erection. Is not going. Hey, I'm going to try this stuff. Tim's the person we make fun of this, but we will. The sports is on in our house all the time guilty yeah. or hgtv when i can steal the remote but sport you know the show is on and we we will be watching it and you know, they're so fast these people that speak because you can't speed it up legally right. and they have to say all the side effects and they throw it in there and you're right they intersperse the miles with the severe um and it's to that hypnotic kind of well, rhythm i, I freeze the TV. freezes the tv and we read them <laughs> as physicians you know we were like okay so what are these side effects and you see it's like you know you may cause necrotizing fasciitis of the perineum. And then it explains the perineum. It says the perineum is the area between your anus and your genitals. This is going to become necrotic, right? Yeah, and, it, and you can get a, a flesh... diabetic medication that can do this. Yeah, Jardians. You can get a flesh-eating bacterial infection of your taint. But yet the patients will come in and I, I want Jardians because it works great and helps me lose weight. And I'm like, but you well, know, it doesn't help you lose. It, it helps you lose well, weight yeah. if you get your, your if you get a taintectomy and they have to cut part of your like rear off. Then yes, you would <laughs> are lose you weight. talking about that diabetes drug they're using for diet? Yeah, Ozempic, Ozempic. is that, that's a that's a peptide. Or what? Regol Regolvi? 
we go yeah yeah same there, category yeah there's there's two there's two or three in the peptide group that help people lose weight jardiance is not one of them jardiance no. makes you pee sugar oh okay yeah but we'll stop the tv and watch it <laughs> back to your you know initial question i guess rick about what do lay people do when they see all this stuff i think uh, i mean i would say now that we have the access of the internet to look things up where you can re research side effects you can look up anything i mean you can become a brain surgeon online pretty much i can look up yeah, the about problem topics. Is i don't know but but yet you have to realize that they're selling to you you're right. the you're the market and and so there's a an agenda and right. it's all about them making money it's not about your health they don't care about your health and your best interests yeah but but you know who's supposed to be the gatekeeper of that the physician exactly. and they're freaking robot like mindless robot people now i i saw a patient I mean, in an urgent care and i literally I, I i totaled up i totaled up their medications okay so this is a person who's a type 2 diabetic okay right so ketogenic diet vegan diet a walk is really the treatment okay and, and i'm not really exaggerating that you mean like a exercise walk exercise oh, i thought you meant a cooking walk that's what i thought he meant the first time okay sorry so anyways <laughs> So it's the English language for you, right? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so it, yeah, because we conquered all these other countries and adopted their stuff. So yeah, we have W A L K and W O K. Martha and I think vegetables. You don't. Yeah, think I don't. Vegetables. That's what the country. So, so at, at any rate, I totaled up this 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 guy's medications, and I looked through his chart, and he was on eighteen hundred dollars worth of diabetic medications and cardiac medications for cholesterol, et cetera. Eighteen hundred bucks a month. All right. So then I went and I looked at his labs and and his diabetic control was horrific. Like it was terrible. It's not even working. And so I literally said to myself under my breath, who's the idiot that prescribed all this? Because that's what I'm thinking, because I'm an arrogant a-hole. So I go into the chart and I look at it and it wasn't, you know, a primary care doctor or a junior physician or physician assistant that maybe should know better. It was the endocrinologist, the <laughs> specialist in dia diabetes. I'm like, the guy's already on insulin. He doesn't need any of this other crap. He just needs insulin or a total life lifestyle over. And, and the patient is sitting there. Nice guy. He has no idea what's going on. Because he goes in, he gets seen for five minutes, and he just gets another whatever drug. And as long as the insurance company pays for it, he doesn't care. No, you're absolutely right. And, and it gets especially bad with seniors. As people get older, they, they put them on that poly drugs, you know, polypharmacy. And, and these poor seniors, are, are they don't know what they're on or why they're taking it. And then some of the side effects make them look demented when they may not even be demented. Oh, you yeah, know, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I, have a I would boggle my mind for a while when I was younger and more jaded and harsh. I, pe but people would come in and I'd say, okay, because many drugs have multi-uses in medicine, we cross-use them um, for various things. And so I would say, well, oh, you know, you're on this beta blocker, for instance, a tenolol, and it can be used for migraine prevention or for blood pressure or your heart disease. So I would say, why are you taking this one? I, well, I don't know. And well, well, why are you taking this drug? What I don't know. And it would, and so they might have a mitt full of ten drugs or more. And most of the time, even basic ones, most people would know. Yeah, I don't know. My doctor says I should. And I would think, well, the uh, one you put all this chemical in your body, you don't know what it's for, and you trust that. But B, 
the combination of all these pills together is like mixing bleach and vinegar well, and baking the, soda to me. The combination is unknowable. Exactly. Yeah, you it, don't exactly. know. It's unknowable. No one can know what in, in, how it's going to work. And what drives me absolutely freaking out of my mind is I have nanogenarians that I see that I've seen in urgent care find that in their 90s, people in them. their 90s on cholesterol pills. And I, I say to them, I say, ma'am, you are as sharp as a tack. I hope I get to live as long and as healthy as you. Why are you on cholesterol pills? What are you trying to prevent? And she says, my doctor gives them to me, so I take them. I said, you need to take exactly two things. You're 93, you win. You've won at life. You need to take two things, whiskey and cigarettes. That's it. <laughs> but, you know, you, you guys, when you mentioned the, uh, uh, you know, going, going to your doctor, asking your doctor, what, what they've basically done with the DTC drug advertising is they've not just convinced the, the patient to ask for a specific drug. They've also made him self-diagnose. Yes. And he's like, hey, doc, I have this and I need this. Well, what medical school did you go to, you know? Right. right. Well, well, I remember people coming in and I had, they would use anachronisms and abbreviations, things that I didn't even know because we never used them in medical school. And when RLS came out, I'm like, RLS? I mean, right. there's what? ALS. What's RLS? Oh, restless leg syndrome. It's something somebody made up. You have the leg fidgets and you need a $200 a month prescription that has a, a bunch of neurological side effects because you didn't do enough exercise and you have the leg, leg fidgets. When, honest to God, when I first heard that, it was when we moved to the United States and one of my senior partners said, you know, yeah, I'm going to treat this lady for restless leg syndrome. And I said, you made that shit up like that. <laughs> it, it that's is, not an know. actual thing. And they like oh, yeah. the letters. They like the letters like this exocrine uh, pancreatic insufficiency EPI. Once you give it a cute name like EPI, everyone's going to say, well, I have it or I might have it. And then they have um, symptom checkers, which is just, I mean, it should be illegal. Okay, because it's it's selling disease. Okay, well, I I feel fine, but the symptom checker says that I have this, you know. So, and that Martha, in your research, Martha, does that sell more drugs? Is there is there a direct correlation with the patient coming into the physician than to prescribing the drug for that? Do you know? Well, uh, I haven't literally yeah. seen that, but yeah. it, but we know there's a lot of online advertising. Okay, right. um, and and so what they want to do, they being the drug makers, is get you to their site. And then the site like segues into um, symptom checker. And like do even, I have this? And you know? mental health. So why don't you elaborate on that? Especially mental health is the big one, right? You know, I, talking about mental health and anxiety and what used to be, I'm not saying it's healthy, but it, back in the day, my grandparents' generation uh, were a little older. They were from the Spanish flu epidemic, you know, or the flu, kids died dad was gone working they buried a baby after it was born it, it they grieved they went back to work there was no prozac and there was no right. taking multiple clonazepam oh they probably had some um jack daniels yeah i know that was the counseling a few, not, service a few other things but had. now we've medicalized all everything mental oh you're right oh. you're right mate and, and they also medicalize grief you know if, if your loved one dies that's not a mental illness. That's life, right? Right. And you no, don't need a darn pill for that. No. So you guys, you should talk talk more about that. And my viewers, 
can come over to where tell them how to find you so they can hear the rest of this podcast and find out more. I honestly, I'd love to stick around, but part of what we're trying to do is get people to go to your site and listen to you guys as well. So um, I should bow out and then I'll go listen. Um, Martha, it's absolutely a pleasure to meet you. Oh, um, same here, same yeah, here. No, I love, um, you know, what you're talking about and giving people the, the information they need to make better choices because what people need to realize is we're all being sold something, whether it's politics, drugs, bad food, and it all goes back to common sense. It's like, eat, you know, find out the way that other people eat, look for a, a plan. It's always about moderation. And if people would do that, they wouldn't have to have medical bills that are right. And my last piece of advice is only buy drugs from somebody that's selling them out of the back of a van. <laughs> oh my God. May. <laughs> I don't know how you live with this man. All right. So you guys, what are you going to talk about in the rest of the show? And then. Thank you. Um, well, I want to dive deeper into the medicalization of the mental health, but also what we've done with COVID and vaccines and, and, um, and Martha's experience in that. And um, I'm missing anything. Anything I, I don't, else? I don't, I don't think so. But I mean, we could, we could do four hours on this because I've been calling bullshit on this for, Good for you, know, you. Half of my career, I sat on medical and therapeutics committee for a, a medium-sized, um, you know, hospital system that had insurance companies. And 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 just one thing before you leave, it's fascinating. The number one most expensive class of medications what? for our insurance companies when we were writing our formula, formulary was multiple sclerosis drugs. Oh my goodness! Because yeah. they were all used off-label. Because what happens oh. is the drug companies can get oh. can get orphan drug status where they get patent protection that goes on almost for infinity Forever. if they have a drug that only treats something like a hundred like it ha it has to be really rare like a hundred and fifty thousand or something in the United States have the disease if you get a patentable drug that treats that you get orphan drug status look that one up Rick it's crazy yeah, yeah. so no, what they'll do right. is they'll get orphan drug status for a subtype of multiple sclerosis. And then they go to the they go to the neurologist and they say, well, you know, it works for this subtype. And they know the neurologist is going to prescribe it for all types of multiple sclerosis. Wow. So they can jack the price up and extend the patent, knowing that I can prescribe a medication for anything because it's my license on the line, not the drug companies. So now you guys already know I have trust issues. You know, and there's no, there's no, I'm sure there's a drug for that, but it'll cause bloody diarrhea and, yeah. and, you're, and really uh, afraid. you're really afraid and, of that bloody and diarrhea. I'm, and I'm a, like, I am, I hate bloody diarrhea. And then I'm a, a, a journalist by heart. So now you have just made me want to go out and I'm probably going to get myself in more trouble. I'll probably get kicked off Facebook again. And, the, and there's no drug for that either. It's no. really great to meet you. I'm going to follow you. Okay. Martha. Yeah. And for all the other people on, on BS free MD, Tim and May and I, we all do all this stuff together. So come mm -hmm. over and find ours. We do interviews with people, life. Um, but most of the time, we're kind of like Tim and May, and we get in a lot of trouble. But <laughs> I don't even have a medical degree to get in trouble. I'm just some old journalist who comes on and asks really hard, really good questions, I think. That's what we love about your show is I mean, you cover all topics, all fun human interest stories. But you're not afraid to just tell it like it is, let people share and and it's honest and raw and we love it and I've that's why we're, be, we're we're that's why we're partnering with you yeah i've had yeah. to become that because yeah. 
I, I can't be ruled by stupidity and ignorance. Um, it just, it, it doesn't work for me. So I'll go thanks. look up discontinued drugs and I will. organizations and yeah. And cool. orphan drug law. That's crazy stuff right there. All right. Yes. Yes. Thank Martha, you. thank you. Very nice meeting you. Oh, same here. Great. All right. See you guys see later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Rick. So be sure and go over to uh, any, any of your things, um, rumble, uh, any Spotify, any of those, and you can find uh, BS Free MD with Tim and May. So as I've been watching this, I'm deciding I'm not going to post this on Facebook tonight. It's just going to be here on uh, on my YouTube and some of my other channels. So go to rickdancer.com uh, or YouTube, uh, Rick Dancer TV. Um, have a good night. Tomorrow night, we're going to be energy. It'll all be on Facebook and everything. But for tonight, we're going to leave this one. We're going to be safe. See ya. <laughs>